0: This is Behind the Mic with Audiophile Magazine. I'm Robin Witten, editor and founder of Audiophile, standing in for our regular host, Joe Reed. And today, we're lucky enough to have narrator Heath Miller here to chat with us. Welcome, Heath.
1: Hello. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Well, we're just wrapping up the announcements of the best audiobooks of 2018. And for the last few weeks, we've been revealing the 50 audiobooks celebrated as the best of the best. It's a tough job because out of the 2,000 audiobooks that Audiophile reviewed this year, our curated selections are difficult to find, but when we get down to the best, these are great books and great listening experiences. Yesterday, and again today, we're taking a fantastic turn through the best science fiction and fantasy of 2018. Heath is the narrator of Space Opera by Catherine M. Valenti. So, okay, Heath, what can you tell us about the story of Space Opera?
1: Right. Well, uh, some clever person in marketing at Saga Press billed the book as the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy meets the Eurovision Song Contest. (laughs) And I'd probably be hard-pressed to do better than that uh, summation in terms of the, the tone of the book. In terms of the actual narrative, rather than what the book reads like, it's humanity trying to do well enough in a very high stakes version of the galaxy has got talent, so we don't all get wiped out by aliens. (laughs) That's basically what it is. And of course, at a macro level, it's just a story of a musician having both a great comeback and also a very bad day at the same time.
0: I understand that you have a bit of an inside track to this book before it even arrived on your desk to be recorded. So uh, you've got to tell us that uh, what the track was, and then what surprised you the most once you got to the recording.
1: Yes. Well, I've uh, I've narrated uh, for Catherine before uh, for Radiance and for the Boy Who Lost Fairyland. So yeah, I- I've worked with her before. Uh, in terms of what surprised me, yes. I did this one in the studio I hadn't worked in before, so I was surprised at how hot the vocal booth can get, I must say. Uh, it was February, I think, uh, in Maine, and uh, yeah, it was uh, sweltering, so that was surprising. Uh, I was wearing shorts and a singlet by the third day, so...
0: <laughs> well, it was all the sound and lights you were bringing to the story, I think.
1: <laughs> I tried to, yeah. As to the actual book, I was surprised at how easy some of the bigger chunks of narration went in the book. If you look at the Amazon reviews, you'll see that The author didn't shy away from some pretty long comic sentences, uh, but the tone was very familiar, so it mostly rolled off the tongue. I grew up with that kind of British humour. My father's from Liverpool, uh, and he used to play Goon Show records and Monty Python records. So yeah, it was all very familiar in that regard.
0: That sounds like great preparation.
1: I did do a fair amount of preparation for the book. I won't lie. There's a lot of character voices in the book, uh, and some of them work on the page in a way that requires... A little thought as to how you do it in an audiobook. For example, e the time traveling panda. He speaks in the book with what I think is called an attention deficit disorder dialect. So he repeats words. There's no spaces between the words, and all of that makes sense on the page. You look at it, and it's immediately clear. But obviously, in a recording, you have to find out a way to try and represent that, which hopefully I I uh, pulled off. But that's the great thing about recording science fiction and fantasy. Like you say, you get to ask yourself, okay. So this creature has a chainsaw for a face. What does a creature with a chainsaw for a face sound like? (laughs) Uh, Which is, you know, interesting and exciting. And of course, there's the more standard preparation. Uh, I had to dust off some of my accent tapes. There's quite a lot of accents in the book, some of which I haven't done before. Also, uh, actually, the names of the places and the races and the aliens in the book are all languages from the countries involved in Eurovision. That's kind of an Easter egg that the author put in there. So it did mean that I had to do a lot of research to find out how you pronounce the word for soil in Estonian or various other things. I didn't always stick to that pronunciation if it wasn't the best choice, but at least I, um, I tried to, <laughs> to find out <laughs> at least. Uh, there is a scene or a chapter in the book where an alien talks to every single person in the world at once, which is a lovely idea. And to each person, because it's in their head, they sound different. They sound like a familiar voice of a waitress or a children's television presenter or their father. But of course, if I did a different voice for every person, it would be very confusing to the listener. So I just picked the one voice, which was a sort of Southern American waitress as remembered by Decibel Jones. Uh, But even with doing one voice for the alien, even apart from the alien, there are 37 different people in that chapter with at least one line and most of them had specific geographic locations attached like a farmer in goa or an ad executive in poland or a uh, record executive in los angeles so <laughs> it was basically my everest as a <laughs> as, as an audiobook narrator who likes to think i've got a good grab bag of accents but it was it was a blast the greater the well, challenge you know the more fun so it was uh, good fun
0: Well, as you see, this was selected as one of the best audiobooks of the year. So, you know, uh, listeners will certainly have a chance to delve into all of these voices. But I wanted to just play a clip here to set the ground rules of some of the rules of this competition that is part of the story. So let's listen to that.
1: Special effects and stagecraft of all kinds are encouraged. However, no harm must come to the audience, the audience's families, or the linear timelines of any active spectators. 6. Please dress accordingly, that is, in the traditional costume of your people. But make it cool, all right? Give it a little showmanship. Make an effort. If you do not comply, your representatives will be sentenced to not less than six years of hard labour. We're not trying to run the trains on time in drabtown here. 7. Please provide a written translation of your lyrics to the umpire. And no trying to show off by singing in a Stay in your linguistic lane. Your accent will always be terrible. 8. New compositions only. No sloppy seconds.
0: Okay. So I do have to say that I admire what you're able to do with those character voices, which we're not quite seeing there, but also you've got the satire. It's terrific. So oh, what a you. listener's
1: treat. Yeah, as I said, it was really a blast to, to do. It was fantastic. And uh Universals bought the book actually, so uh it was a privilege to get to be the first actor to do some of these characters before, you know, Bradley Cooper or someone is doing the voice of the roadrunner if if it works out that way.
0: Great. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Heath. Uh, It's really been a pleasure. And this wraps up our best audiobooks of 2018 podcasts. Remember all the details of these titles that we've talked about are in our show notes. And next week, our host, Joe Reed, we'll return with our daily recommendations for great audiobooks. This has been Behind the Mic with Audiophile Magazine. Behind the Mic is supported by Ashet Audio. We're hosted by Joe Reed and produced by Jessica Lockhart. Robin Witten, Michelle Cobb, Jonathan Smith, and Emily Connolly are contributors. Jennifer Dowell is our editor, and our music is William Ross Chernoff's Nomad's Four-way. I'm Robin Witten. Keep on listening.